right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back later this week having an episode, I think, released on Thursday or Thursday evening, hopefully at the latest I am here today talking about the Dallas Mavericks with another guy I met uh, in Vegas. I haven't covered the Mavericks yet in the last year of doing these kind of team-specific episodes. So hopefully you Dallas fans, you're a big media market, even if no one is really talking about your team that much nationally in the last uh, couple years. So hopefully you will enjoy that. A reminder for the month of July, which is now ending, and the month of August. If you write an iTunes review, a five-star iTunes review, we will read it on air and give you a shout-out. So if you want to plug something, be it your own podcast or your band or your Twitter account or whatever it may be, you can do that. Also write us a few nice words. It raises us in the rankings on iTunes. It increases our visibility, so you're helping us out, and then we can give you a shout-out. Also, if you want to go the next step, if you are a big fan and you really like what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Maybe pledge us a couple bucks every month, and that goes to the show. Mainly, we use that money just for actually advertising to plug our show to more and more people so we can keep growing our audience. So if you want to support the show that way, it makes us super happy. You can do that at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. My guest today is the host of the Locked On Mavs podcast and covers the Mavericks for Mavs Moneyball, the SB Nation blog, Mr. Nick Engstead. Nice. Yes. Oh, man, I got really nervous when I was about to say it. How are you, Nick? (laughs) Keith, I am doing excellent. My uh, nine-week-old puppy is biting my ankles, but other than that, it is all great here in Dallas. Man, you should pull pull the mic close to the nine-week-old puppy, and we'll we'll get this thing on there. (laughs) If I leave the room and just leave the puppy in the room, you'll hear it squeal immediately. It does not like when humans leave the room. My two-year-old has made a few appearances on the podcast. My (laughs) my wife's 13-year-old cat has made a few appearances on the podcast where he attacks the podcast table. But th- those those are only when we do the full episodes with my other two co-hosts, uh, and he has attacked the table a few times. It's a wooden table, and it's his, he's allowed to scratch it because it's a piece of garbage. But uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's exciting. All right, well, Nick, uh, I met you in Las Vegas. You were you came through in the clutch uh, one evening. Uh, lent, <laughs> lent, me, lent me a lightning cable. Uh, I had the battery, the portable battery pack for my phone. Realized I'd left my, all my cables like in my hotel room. So it was, yeah. it was as if you were up the creek without a paddle, and I just helped you with the paddle. Man, you, you helped me out. I was just walking up and down looking for people I might recognize, and I was like, hey, you got a lightning <laughs> cable? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so that was I a- went into the woods. I chopped down a, a, uh, a large tree. I carved it into a paddle, and I handed it off to you. I, and I, I stuck it inside my phone. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I, that's the only place you stuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, so so Nick, if I remember correctly, did I do? Do I remember this correctly? You aren't necessarily a Mavericks fan. Yeah, that is correct. I I grew up a Los Angeles Lakers fan. I oh, was okay. born in LA, and uh, and and grew up in Cincinnati, oddly, and then ended up here in Dallas for school. So 
Okay. I ended up covering the Mavericks because it ended up it's a way for me to get into covering an NBA franchise. Sure. There wasn't Mavericks podcasts and things like that. And even that great of Mavericks coverage. So I was like, well, I can get in on this. So that's honestly, I don't want to offend other people who might be listening who have podcasts. Why not? Go ahead. Well, actually, the people who have bigger podcasts than us aren't listening. But <laughs> one of the reasons we that's started true. a podcast was listening to the big podcast and being like, why are these podcasts either they sound terrible or they're not entertaining? <laughs> we, we were so confused by it. We're like, man, all we have to do is like not sound like we're talking into a tin can and we have one of the best podcasts out there. Now everyone at least has <laughs> learned. I feel like now there's hundreds of you know good NBA podcasts where they're like, oh, yeah, let's actually spend, I don't know, like $100 on a mic as opposed to like a headset or something. But anyway. I or just use your Apple earphones. Yeah, or whatever it was. I, I I couldn't get over how bad podcasts sounded in the sports world like three years ago. And I was like, let's just jump in there and make some content we want to hear. Yeah, it's it's as if everybody looked at Bill Simmons' podcast and said, well, that's super, that's super popular and everybody loves that. Let's not do that exact same thing. Yeah. Um, well, before we, before we go any further, uh, we talk about breakfast. It's half of the show title, Fast Break Breakfast. Nick, did you have breakfast today? And if so, what did you have? I did have breakfast, and I appreciate that your uh, that your name is a palindrome. I did not realize that until just recently. Oh yeah, and uh, and I love it. This is the, probably the first show I've ever been on that the name is a palindrome. I just I just appreciate that. Same backwards and forwards. Yeah, I, I I haven't researched it, but I don't know of any others. We briefly thought originally the thought was uh, fast break fast, and we thought that was just too hard. It was too much thinking, and it didn't yeah. Didn't, yeah. Like you could see it and you thought about it. like it, it, it was better in thought than it was in execution or when they actually said it. So yeah. Yeah. Aspect breakfast. So this morning I was on my way to work and right now I'm working at uh, my school in the broadcast department. And so uh, we are like fixing these lights today. So I had to be in early because this guy that is just, he, this guy comes walking in. He looks as if he has just written like several scores for mute for like movies. He is this long, like grayish white hair. He is about six foot, seven feet tall. And he has this wide stance that he stands at anyway. So I don't I don't know if you're being (laughs) disparaging, but I I got a degree in music composition. Like film scoring was was my first goal and dream, which I did not achieve. (laughs) Not not yet. Not yet. But yeah. yeah, Anyway, so the guy looked looked like that. So I had to be in early. And so I come I uh, drive down to work and I stopped at Quick Trip. You guys have Quick Trips in Memphis? Uh, I'm in Nashville, but I'm not sure. I was at a gas station. That's just a chain of gas stations. It, yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. chain of gas stations. Uh, so I stopped at a quick trip here in Dallas and, uh, I got a breakfast biscuit sandwich, like yes. a sausage egg and cheese breakfast biscuit sandwich. And yes. I got like a cup of grapes. Like purple. Oh. What, what do you do? What do you do? Purple grapes or green grapes? Oh, either one. I don't care. Just depending either, on your mood. One. I think, I yeah. think I prefer uh, purple ones more i think they're sweeter generally i i saw black grapes at the grocery store yesterday yeah what's up with that i don't i don't know my actually my my kid wanted them and uh i i didn't get them for him i was like i don't know i don't know what that means (laughs) shout out to your kid for not being race yeah i was like i don't i don't want those (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i uh, got that also at quick trip yeah i was in line i was in line and it was one of those weird things at a gas station where there are two registers and so they try to make two lines but you, then you can also just stand in the middle of them and decide which one you want to go to and just make them one line 
I'm a firm believer right. in, in the stand in, in a situation like that where there's few enough people like the stand in the middle. Obviously, the person in front of me gets to go to either register that comes up first. Like, I, I, I appreciate that where everyone recognizes the queue like, OK, you were kind of leaning left, but right has come open. You're in front of me. You can go right. That's fine. Exactly. That's what I assumed. And so I was standing in the middle and I was next. And then this lane opened, and this guy was literally standing behind me and then walks up to the first register. And I said, what? And I just put my hands up, and then the guy at the register, MVP, the real MVP, says, sir, were you next in line? (laughs) And then the guy just stops with his coffee, looks around. It was this older dude with a mustache, and he goes, oh, I guess I wasn't. No, I guess you were not. I guess you were not next in line since I was in front of you and you had to walk around me and sort of turn your body because we were standing between like myself and an, and an aisle like partition. And so he had to like turn and, and you know, like a Derrick Rose sort of drive into the lane. He had to contort his body to get through that, to get to the register. I, do, I don't think that you well, were Well, in next. his defense, perhaps you hesitated. Did I? I mean, it, I, is, it, it is. It is. It is. What'd you call it? Is it called a, a quick trip? Yeah, I did not take a quick enough trip that, to the register, I guess. So, 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 so maybe it wasn't quick enough for him. Just saying. I guess not. All right, well, we should get to the Dallas Mavericks. This might be my own ignorance. Can you tell me what happened in 2016-17? I don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't think I have any Dallas Mavericks memories. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they scored like 54 points in a game against the Grizzlies once. But l- really, I, I yeah, oh, gosh. Uh, I don't remember what much of the Dallas Mavericks. Was. Yeah, I think Yogi Ferrell hit some threes. Good so, uh, what did I, what did I miss last year from the Dallas Mavericks? All right, so let me, let me, let me fill you in on the the big stuff that happened. Um, Dirk Nowitzki hit thirty thousand points. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that was a that was a really big that was Part a really big deal. Uh, there was so much media coverage there. Oh my gosh, so much media. I was kicked out of my seat. There was so much media, and. Let's see. Yogi Ferrell happened that you already mentioned. That was a, a crazy week. The Yogi Mania, where he just kind of came out of nowhere, became the starter. He came in, and and Car- Coach Carlisle is is you know known for not liking yeah. you know rookies, right? And uh, and he comes. Yogi Ferrell comes in on a Saturday for for practice, and he starts on a Sunday. So that's that's where the Mavericks were. They didn't have any like they just didn't have any point guards. JJ Barea was injured. Darren Williams was injured at that point. Devin Harris was dealing with stuff, a toe injury, I think, as well. And uh, Seth Curry was having to start at two. Wes Matthews was having to start at three, so they're already tapped out in that arena. And so he comes in, and he's and Carlisle, you know, like famously doesn't start rookies. He comes in yeah. and starts them right well, away. Was it was it like the first game or the second game where he hit all those threes? I remember I was at I was actually at a Grizzlies watch party in Nashville. And like checking the stats and being like, what? Like someone for the someone for the Mavericks has hit eight threes, and I don't know who they are. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was that week. It was it was the whole week where he hit all those threes. Then he had another game where he scored twenty, and another game where he scored twenty. One where he scored like nineteen, and so he just had this baller week where he was just coming out of nowhere. And the best part about that whole Yogi story, besides the fact that he's a great guy, I think he's a really good player, and I think that he's gonna have some staying power in the league, is that. He got waved yeah, by the yeah. Nets twice. <laughs> Just the, the worst team in the NBA. He gets waved twice. Ends up being this, you know, player that actually has well, so, some potential. So I, I, and, and that is the whole season. Like, that that was it, right? 30,000 30, points, Yogi Ferrell night. I mean, I guess well, Seth Curry looks good. Yeah, Seth, Seth Curry looked better than, than a lot of people thought, but there was a lot of hype about him going in. I remember walking around 
doing a video for a site I used to work for, walking around with a microphone to people during you know the first day of like the the home opener. There's this fest, fan festival, or whatever. I walk around. I said, "Do you think Seth Curry will be better? Will be better than Steph Curry?" <laughs> and I kid you not, fifty yeah. percent of people yeah. told me yes. <laughs> So just fans are crazy. Harrison Barnes also, you know, it was a good story. Came in and, and com- replaced Chandler Parsons completely. So sorry about that situation. You had to yeah. come on the the, the wrong yeah. end of that in Memphis. <laughs> and then how can we how can we talk about the Mavericks 2016 2017 season without talking about the best acquisition they made the entire season? And that was the pass first point guard that they needed. The guy that came in. In the last game, under the wire, <laughs> played beautifully for them. Oh, Tony Romo. of course! I did forget because I was actually playing. I was playing pickup <laughs> basketball that night of the Tony Romo on Twitter. Yeah, so I guess that that actually puts a good oh, bow man. on the 2016-17 uh, Dallas Mavericks season. So it's PR a, stunts, PR stunts, and bad basketball. That's what it was. Yeah. So the Mavericks have kind of been making a name, or it's been their modus operandi that. They're stuck in the middle, like they're sort of aimless where they keep just signing guys for lots of money, but they're not committing to the full rebuild uh, or tear down. And so if they've, they've, they're kind of stuck in this middle of like between winning 30 and 40 games. I hate tanking, so I actually really like that. And it actually kind of fulfills my sense of honor or this arbitrary standard of sportsmanship that I think teams should have. So because of that, I'm actually really happy that they seem to have maybe lucked out in getting Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm hoping like Dennis Smith Jr. becomes a star purely because they actually never tanked. So what do you, what do you think of the way the Mavericks have been working, which is kind of spend all your money every year and just kind of, you're sort of still hanging on while Dirk's there. If you're a person that believes in the basketball gods and karma, like basketball karma and says that, you know, if you tank, then bad things, if you lose on purpose, bad things will happen to you, you know, and good things won't come unless you're a try hard team that actually goes for it. Then the Mavericks have been doing exactly that they had. And for all the moves that they've made since the 2011, you know, championship, which wasn't even a decade ago, you know, if you think about it, that's, that's not a long time. And so the couple off seasons, the, that they've had, they've gone after some, you know, the big fish. It's the, the phrase here that people that Mavs fans just hate is like, Oh, are they going after the big fish again this summer? Are they going after the big fish again this summer? You know, or it's, whether it's Dwight Howard, Darren Williams, uh, Carmelo, Anthony, LeBron, that one year. Um, oh, who else? Uh, <laughs> Hassan Whiteside, Mike Conley last year. Oh yeah. yeah. So all, all these guys are going out. Chandler Parsons, I guess could be considered one of those. They're going after all these guys and they just strike out and strike out. Deandre Jordan, obviously was, was one of those. We call him uh, on our site the center who should not be named. So, <laughs> uh, just to clarify, but so doing all, you know, going after all that is because you have a superstar in Dirk and you have to do everything you you can, you know, to put players around that guy to give him a chance to win because he's given your franchise and this city and you know this team everything. He's given them so much, so you have to you know do your due, due, due diligence and go after you know as many talented players as you can and so going after those guys it, you know it's totally fine you're doing your best for Dirk they're not gonna tear they're not gonna tear it down when Dirk is you know 33 and still playing incredible basketball you know it's just not something that you know I, I think is smart you know even to, to do basketball wise so you you say they're sort of in this aimless situation well they have low-key actually tanked and then rebuilt in, in one season you look at the you look at the team 
the season before last, and the, the young players that everyone was super excited about on the team was Justin Anderson and Dwight Powell. Yeah. Well, when you say do, everyone do, was super excited, I assume this is <laughs> inside Mavericks Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, Mavericks I don't Facebook think that was on the Twitter. national radar. Uh, <laughs> oh, no way. No, definitely not. So I don't know if you have your uh, sound, cricket sound effects ready, but that was, <laughs> that was what that was for. So that was, those are the people that Mavs fans were excited about. And right. now you look at the team and assuming that they do bring back, you know, Nerlens Noel for a longer deal that still is out there bring him back. You have Harrison Barnes still, who's, who's 25, still not, you know, super old. He's, he's entering his prime right now. Dennis Smith Jr., as you mentioned, obviously Yogi's in there. Uh, Seth Curry's 26. So we're not really sure what we're going to do with him after this season, but you have a nice young core, at least of those three guys, the first three guys that I mentioned to, uh, to go forward. And that's better than some of these other rebuilding teams have. If you look at, you know, Orlando, what does Orlando have? That's better than what the Mavericks have right now. Yeah, uh, that's a good perspective. So you think you think the young core, you still include again the Nerlens Noel thing is floating out there, and I saw he recently made some waves by saying on Instagram that he's betting on himself, which is the dumb that we we just I, look at everything now. Everything. No, is but something. I mean that that's that's coded language. That that, that well, that's, we, we talked about it on our show. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's that's like announcing sort of that you're not going to sign a long contract. It might not mean that, but that's what we take it as, I guess, as, as sports fans. But so you think you think between Noel and then Harrison Barnes and then this rookie, that's the core with, like, Yogi Ferrell as kind of a ancillary satellite, maybe young sixth man type. So is that right? This rookie, you take that back. It is Dennis Slangin' Smith Jr. That's who we are talking about right now. <laughs> are you, Keith, Keith, are you, in the, are you in the slang gang or not? I don't, I don't know. I, I, uh, that's the, uh, yes, I know the tweet. I'm trying to remember the exact <laughs> quote on our Patreon only Slack chat from our listeners. One of the like loading screens is like talking about, um, slinging this pod in my pants for the pot for the <laughs> podcast. You know, it's like, I'm God given talent is slinging this pod in my pants. When you, yeah. when you used to have, or maybe when you still have like an iPod, like an actual iPod yeah, yeah. and, uh, and you have basketball shorts on that don't have pockets. And so you slide it between the waistband and your waist. And so you try to hold it there and exactly. then you have headphones in and then you walk too hard or like you step too hard or something and it falls. That's what, that's what I think of that phrase. Slinging, no, no, I think you nailed it. I, I, I have vivid memories of like trying to mow grass and I'm like, <laughs> I want to listen to my, to my iPod and it's like, I'm going to try to wedge it here. It's not really going to work. Like then you yeah then no. you think about going inside like the underwear band and you're like I yeah, don't I don't, yeah. I don't know we, I, it's not getting enough grip here, but uh, so if, but if you go inside the underwear band then and then it drops there if you're wearing briefs then there's a little like basket there for it to hold so, <laughs> the, I don't know I've never thought of the brief <laughs> basket before <laughs> um, so the brief the, basket yeah that sounds like a new shirt so you feel pretty good about about this young core my question with the young core is like which ones are the keeper pieces like you say seth curry and then you had um uh, dorian finney smith who played a lot of games yeah. who i don't know for me he, he struck me again and again i don't pretend to know anything about the dallas mavericks uh he seemed like he was good. just kind of soaking up minutes i'm not sure how much more he, he's, he's going to give us but um so you you're saying you feel pretty good about where they are in a rebuild because you believe in in Dennis Smith and then you think Harrison Barnes and Nerlens Noel are young enough that you're like this is our core. Yeah, you, you feel good about those guys and and that's just, that's where you're starting from because the rebuild didn't really start until 
after the trade deadline, basically last season. So you, you look at where they were before that. They had Darren Williams. They had Wes Matthews starting. They, the, the the banner or the poster that they put on the side of the American Airlines Center, you know how you have those you know, on every arena where they have a basketball team. You have like the starters or whoever is yeah. the best players. Yeah. And they always do it every single year. They do like five players. This year it was Darren Williams, Wes Matthews, Harrison Barnes, Dirk, and Andrew Bogut. Yeah. <laughs> so no, yeah. going from – Going from that to the players they have now, it's a really good starting point. And then you have, you know, your first round pick next season, which is probably going to be a really good pick because the West is just a murderer's row. And you have all these guys in, you know, uh, like in high school and stuff that are reclassifying and reclassifying up. So these next two drafts are going to be really, really loaded up top. And so you're just sitting there hoping that you get another one of these pieces to add to that. So. Is the optimal result for this season just to kind of lay low and build around those young guys and get uh, DSJ all the run he can get and then to try to get a high draft pick next year? Or do you think they're still going to be stuck in that, you know, we're like 30 and 35, do we go for it, you know, at at the end of the season? Like, are they going to be chasing wins or are they going to be chasing kind of like development and then looking towards the draft pick? It's almost as if the West is like a war video game and you're the guy that just doesn't really know what they're doing yet. And so you're playing and you're just trying to lay low and just hide out until things kind of just settle down. And then at that point, you have figured out enough controls that you can come out and start beating people. I feel like that's what the Mavericks are. Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be given the reins from from day one. He's going to come out on draft night when they picked him. Carlisle said he's slated as the starter, which blew me away. I'm not sure about everybody else, but for Rick Carlisle to come out on draft night when they just picked the guy, he's met him one time. Okay, Rick Carlisle did not actually meet Dennis Smith Jr. before draft night. (laughs) They they saw like, you know, Don Nelson saw him work out. Rick Carlisle didn't. But for them to actually have a conversation and talk, Rick Carlisle had to go out to a store, buy an iPhone, come back. He did not have an iPhone. He had an Android. He comes back with this iPhone and he FaceTimes Dennis Smith Jr. And it is... It is Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, and Mark Cuban passing this iPhone around, talking to Dennis Smith Jr. over FaceTime. That is, that's how they talked to him before they drafted him, like, in that process. And so that's how they talked to him. And uh, so he had not even had much interaction with him at all and named him the starter from day one. So that just, to me, means they're rebuilding. They're handing him the keys. They're going to, you know, he's going to be taking the controls, I guess, of this video game and be, you know, you're, you're behind him until he figures it out and actually becomes a solid NBA player. And by that time, hopefully everybody else will have killed each other off. <laughs> you can rise, you know, and be the team on the rise. So we, do you think that's true, though? Because, you, I mean, you mentioned earlier about Carlisle and his trouble with rookie point guards. Although I do know I've seen all kinds of weird social media pictures where like Rick Carlisle's like <laughs> me and Dennis Smith were on a plane together. I'm, I'm teaching him how to fly and all this. No, no. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What was it? They were not, they were not on the, they did not fly the plane together. Okay. Rick Carlisle did not <laughs> trust himself enough to fly their, their, their first round draft pick anywhere. So let's just be clear about that. He did feel comfortable enough. I think to fly Tim McMahon around. Okay. Yeah. ESP, ESPN reporter, but not Dennis with junior. I thought it's strange. I think it's strange. All these coaches hanging out with the young guys, like, Oh, I'm just getting to know Dennis Smith. It's like the guy's the guy's 19. Like you're 55 and wear white socks pulled up. Like I don't <laughs> got his white socks, got his uh his short his dad shorts with the belt in it. Oh yeah. It's like his I don't watch, know if- his watch on one arm Fitbit on the other. 
It's not as weird as the Grizzlies story from last year where Vince Carter, 40-year-old Vince Carter, like built a room on his house for Deontay Davis to live. Everyone's like, oh, that's really cool. I'm like, no, it's strange. Like Vince Didn't Carter's Charles Barkley 40. do that for somebody? I don't know. He's fo- Charles Barkley wasn't 40 at the time. Like a 40-year-old <laughs> like builds a house for the 19-year a room for the 19-year-old. That's kind of odd. I don't know. I- I would love to live with Vince Carter. Just, oh, just I would, I would do it under any circumstances. I would, I would move in tomorrow if he invited me. I don't unless care how I had to go this. to Sacramento games. Then I'm not sure if I would want to do that at this point. Oh man, I would go and just boo old Dave Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you? Do you, I have a question for you? Do you think that Dave Yeager signed uh, Randolph and Vince Carter just to spite the Grizzlies? Because that's a thing that people have been saying. That's a thing that was reported by the Grizzlies themselves. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's even better. People under the employ of the Memphis Grizzlies who call themselves Grind City Media, they put that out there. Ooh. So I don't, I don't know who we source it to, but as an independent, whatever I am, entertainment or media podcast, that's a thing that the Grizzlies.com put out. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it seems feasible. I don't understand those signings necessarily for the Kings. I know people are like, oh, it's going to set a good culture, but I think Jaeger's going to play those guys over the young guys, and it filled up their whole cap room where it seems like remaining flexible and available to take other teams' bad contracts and pick up assets would have been a better use of that salary cap space. But I don't know. I would say 39% yes, I think spite (laughs) was a motivation behind the signings. So I'll, I'll go with that. I don't know. Oh man. Yeah. Cause you had Costa Kufus was your highest paid player. He makes like $8 million next year. So you think you would be one of those right. teams that can start taking on, you know, big salary dumps on the trade deadline. And so I don't, I don't understand a lot of these teams just going over the cap all the time. Like everybody feels like they need to go over the cap when you can just wait and take, take some guys. Right. Like the Lakers would be offering so much to get rid of dang at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me Luol dang can't, uh, nurture and mentor the young Sacramento Kings. Like it would have been the same thing. This guy's a great worker. He's a great ball player who can still contribute on the court. You leave your your salary cap room open. The Lakers will trade you Luol Deng and probably you know attach a pick to it. Like that seems a definite better use of cap space. But oh we well. need to stop trying to figure out what Sacramento's doing. That's just something we all need to. Stop Let's try doing. to figure out what the Mavs are doing. So with these young point guards, the backcourt, how does how does it all fit together? How how does Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, Dennis Smith Jr., and then uh, Rick Carlisle, stalwart JJ Barea, Devin <laughs> Harris? How do they, how do these guys all get on the court? How do they get on the court? Carlisle likes to play a lot of uh, two point guard lineups. He famously would, you know, two years ago, he was playing Darren Williams at three sometimes. <laughs> they just played so many point guards together. So they have so they have those three guys that are actual point guards, which is Dennis Smith Jr., Yogi Ferrell, J.J. Barea. Those are three guys that literally can't play any other position besides point guard uh, unless you're playing summer league. Then you have Seth Curry, who's who might be a point guard, <laughs> and then you also have Devin Harris still on the roster. He's a partially guaranteed deal, and he's a point guard probably in his best position. And then he plays two guard a lot for them. You have Wes Matthews is also a two, uh, but you have you have five guys basically that can play point guard minutes, <laughs> which is crazy. How does that all work together? But I think Seth is going to start at two. I think Wes Matthews is going to start at three, or they just bring Seth off the bench as a two. Then they just they rotate Dennis Smith and Yogi, and then JJ Brea figures out the third point guard minutes in that way. So for there will also be injuries. I mean, there, there always is with this right, team. Right. 
that always something comes up. I mean, last year, that's how Yogi got his start was that he, his starts, let me just say that <laughs> he got several starts because there's so many injuries on this team and they just had to bring somebody in. So it, it'll all work out. I mean, you look at it, it seems like a log jam now, but it's a log jam of, of semi mediocrity. And so it'll figure itself out. Maybe Yogi, you know, regresses completely and he can't play in the NBA. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm glad we have JJ Brad <laughs> back up this guy that, you know, is a rookie. With some of those big contracts that are still on the team, like Dwight Powell's contract looks looks terrible. Uh, oh. I mean, it looked it looked pretty bad when it happened, and now a year later, it looks even worse. Um, and then you have you know West Matthews making a lot of money. You have obviously Barnes, who you you know is probably going to be around as one of the stars of the franchise. But since they have these big pieces and they're probably not going to be very good, are there any like bigger fish? trade targets that you could see the Mavs going for this season? Because I feel I feel like Cuban, I'm not sure he locks into the long-term, let's sit and build this organically. So do you, are there any like trade rumors floating out there for people that the Mavs might target, actually? On Locked on Mavs, me and Isaac Harris, who is part of a blog called Smoking Cuban, which is a fan-sided site, he runs that over there. Fan-sided, um, shout out. Yeah, shout out to them. He... And I are trade machine, like just savants. We are on the trade machine all the time, just looking up trades like every day. It's one of the first things I do in the morning is go to the trade. And I just don't see where they can make any deals that make sense. <laughs> Unless you try <laughs> a, a West Matthews to a contender situation or, you know, become part Why of not? The, you know, the third team. It, it could happen, but he, that's a lot of money for a guy that, you know, is having trouble hitting the three ball. Uh, I still think he's good. I still think he's a good defender. I think that some. One of these West teams is going to figure out how to get him on their team because there's just such a an onslaught in the West of just you need to be able to defend so many different players. If you're playing, I mean, if you're playing the the Rockets in the playoffs, you need two guys: one that can guard Harden and one that can guard Chris Paul at least serviceably. Yeah. I mean, how many how many teams even have that? I mean, one of them, one of those players is not even signed yet for the Grizzlies. Not Tony Allen. I mean. Uh, <sighs> He's still out there. We've but. talked enough about the Grizzlies. I, Tony, Tony the, Allen can be had, I'm pretty sure, if anyone you know, wants to <laughs> offer him any contract, but who knows. Another one of those guys, Avery Bradley, is just wasting away on the Pistons now. So you're like you're losing out on some of these, you know, guys that can actually defend these, you know, guards in the league. But yeah, it, I guess a Wes Matthews trade I could see, and that's more of a fan wanting to you know like fans wanting to trade west matthews holy cow at the trade deadline they wanted west matthews out the door really <laughs> so, so bad yeah they're just they're just done with west matthews his 39 percent shooting hasn't warmed their hearts he's such <laughs> no. a likable guy at least as an outsider he seems to be such a likable guy i've always kind of pulled for west matthews yeah you kind of pull for him uh not super likable in person <laughs> okay um yeah you you uh a couple times last year where he just um he's really like he talks loud you know on the court and stuff and then he does the arrow thing and you know stuff stuff like that seems fun then in the locker room you get you know you get around him in a media scrum he's the quietest talker and i don't know what it is for me but i quiet talkers just i don't know they get to me well what are you aren't the quiet talkers in media scrums i assume that's just a weird power play of players and coaches like i haven't been in that Mm. many media scrums but in the ones i've been in a majority of them the people or coaches talk in a tone that is the lowest you would ever hear anywhere. <laughs> like it's not an acceptable speaking level tone <laughs> where it's like, they're like, like, uh, like coach, uh, 
Yogi's really been good the last few games. Do you see, how do you see him playing tonight with this tough matchup? Whatever, you know, whatever. Terrible question I just made up. But uh, <laughs> but then the coach will be like, and like, there's no, there's literally no chance you could hear the person standing four feet away from him. And so the the amount of separate people I've seen do that in the NBA, I'm just like, oh, that's like. I'm required to be here to give a media answer. I'm going to make you stick your phone like in my mouth so you can record anything. So I, 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 that's what I always take that as. They just players and coaches have yeah. decided like, yeah, we're going to talk where you can't physically hear us, uh, and then you have to listen to your tape player later. You know, it's like the it's like the Michael Scott power move in an interview where yes. he's uh, he's he's pretending to uh, to interview Daryl who's wanting a raise. Yes, and uh, so he tries to talk really quiet, and Jim is like you know faking the interview with him, and he's like it's like what I can't hear you, I can't hear you. It's like then now I'm going to try the walk out of the room really fast tactic, and so he walks out of the room, and Jim just quietly goes. Sex, Steve Martin, Terry Hatcher, and Mike turn, Michael turns around and goes, "What? What? What did you say? Yeah, oh, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I, I know the move. scene. I know the scene exactly. That's that's before I quit the office. But yeah, so I think <laughs> I think that's a power play. All right. Well, hey. So wrapping up, uh, were you in attendance at the Harrison Barnes wedding? Can you report on any of the Harrison Barnes oh. going ons? The the Kyrie, the Steph Curry making the internet of a buzz. I wish I wish I would have been invited to that wedding. That would have been awesome. Uh, lots of lots of Warriors were there. Lots of Mavericks were there. I think all the Warriors from the 2015 championship team, except for Draymond, was there. Oh, what does uh, that mean? Kerr, Kerr was there. Bogut was there. I don't know. Draymond's got better things to do, I guess. Um, but no, weird that Kyrie was there. Also, I'm not sure if I'm reporting this or not, but Kyrie was a groomsman. Oh, breaking news. So, uh, yeah, he was a groomsman. I have that on, on fairly good authority. Um, not sure what that means, but I would like it to mean that there would be some sort of trade. Oh my gosh. The trades that are happening right now with Kyrie in the, in the Mavericks message boards, Facebook groups, Twitter threads, everything, Reddit, you know, all that is just, they, they want Kyrie and Dennis Smith Jr. to play together. And I just think that's the most, the, I don't, yeah, I don't, the I don't, most absurd thing I've ever heard. I don't, I don't know how, how that works really. All right. Well, uh, and finally, since you are in Dallas, you don't have to be a Mavs fan. You attended the Big Three. Can you give me yeah. give me a report on the Big Three and where's Allen Iverson? AI pulled the Derrick Rose. He's just, he just wasn't there. Didn't show up. Nobody knew where he was. The Big Three put out a a statement saying they didn't know where AI was and they were investigating the situation. <laughs> The big, I love it. Three, the, the big three didn't know where AI was. So I mean, they had I think no idea. TMZ came through. He was he was on a hot streak at a casino. You can't walk away from a hot streak. Can't can't walk away. The uh, the do you know that song "Ice Cream Paint Job"? I do not. It's by this guy like Duro or something like that. It's like "Ice Cream Paint Job." I I I I. I oh my gosh! It's this like one of those rap songs that just repeats itself over and over and over again. That guy performed yeah. at a half at halftime in one of the games. So oh that, nice. <laughs> that's how was it, it the big the big three was inter- it was interesting to me. I'm uh I'm I was fairly interested in it starting out and then you watch it sort of play and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is 3 on 3. It's a lot better to play it than it is to watch it." I got to say the tape delays are actually pretty great. The tape, like the, the tape delay is the, awful the, though. No, but I'm saying, yes, generally tape delay is terrible in sports. However, if you can edit a 4 or 5 hour event down to 2 or 3, that's pretty mm. cool. So like I've actually been watching it on on you know on Mondays and DVRing it so I can like skip through the commercials and that makes it pretty fun. 
So like I, I see I see bad reports from people there being like this is kind of dull. But then when they put it on <laughs> TV, I'm like, ah, this is fun. I like this. But then again, I'm a little I'm a little older than you, and so I I, I'm, I like watching all these guys play basketball again. I'm excited to see Al Thornton dusting off his jersey, <laughs> getting back I out will there. T- I will tell you, you oh, you guess you haven't watched it, but in the first game. Oh yeah, no, uh, hey, no spoilers. This is coming on tonight. <laughs> Mo Evans posters Josh Childress, and it is great. Oh, that's some that's something to look forward to. I might I might have this podcast released before it it airs later on uh, Fox <laughs> Sports or whatever it airs on. Who knows? It was it was. All right, well, hey Nick, great. <laughs> thanks so much for uh, taking time to talk with me. Uh, tell people where they can hear your voice. Tell them about your podcast, your internet presence, all that. Yeah, you guys can find me at Locked On Mavs for uh, all the Locked On Mavs. You know, podcasts that come out. I'm also at Mavs Moneyball. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. Nick Van Exit. That's pretty good. Nice. Nick Van Exel, <laughs> my favorite Dallas. Actually, my second favorite Dallas Maverick behind Marquise Daniels. So that's just a little Mark, aside. Marquise Daniels got a shout out. Got a shout out yesterday at the Big Three because of Deshaun Stevenson talking what? about like man. Deshaun Stevenson was saying how, and he's a former Maverick, one that won the title them in 2011. So he's kind of a folk hero here of sorts he had the uh after the 2011 finals he had that shirt that said how my dirk taste hey lebron how does my dirk taste and uh so he's a folk legend and so we were interviewing him and he said yeah it's great to see all these players out here you know jason terry marquise daniels i was like what (laughs) shouting out marquise daniels now oh man that's amazing well uh nick hey thanks so much for coming on appreciate it All right, thanks to Nick. We actually had some sound issues during that show, but uh, he apparently recorded his side, so hopefully all the conversations worked out right uh, and you can't tell that sometimes we can't hear each other. All right, if you want to support our program, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We're kind of revamping some of those things that hasn't been released yet, but mainly uh, we post some bonus material every now and then on Patreon. And for the if you pledge $3, you can join the Slack chat where we talk about basketball and movies and whatever else. Around the clock, John and Chuck are present on that and giving their fun uh, views on life. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time. We've even created a new private channel titled The Filth to try to keep the main feed less offensive. But uh, it's uh, all in good fun. Well, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fab break, break, man. You understand?